You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. Right? Man, just keep praying um, for those people. I mean, my heart is just so heavy this morning for uh, those uh, fallen soldiers, for their families, for the grief, uh, the struggle that they're uh, under right now. Um, but, but man, I just, I, I hold our military in just such high regard. I am not for war. I wish we never had to have war. Um, but again, I'm thankful for the men and women that are willing uh, to just put their lives on the line to, uh, to be there, uh, to try to evacuate and help as many people that, that, uh, to get out of there uh, um, as we can. And, and we, we, just, we just pray because we really do believe. Uh, Jesus said, you know, that we have the ability to bind and loose. Um, and our, our prayers here in Mason City can do a lot of binding and loosing in places like Cabal right now. And so we just, we, we're going to really kind of just make that really a part of what we're doing uh, this week in the Bible reading is just encouraging people to be praying um, for that. Janie and I, we had a great opportunity when we were in seminary. We, we went to Louisville. What was the name of that? Um, was it Fort Knox that we went to? Do you remember? Anyway, it, it was, um, we, we volunteered with um, an organization. Do you remember the organization name? I heard, <laughs> yeah. I don't, yeah. <laughs> you wish you've made me everything I am. So I don't even know why I ask her things that require memory because she never remembers. I'll talk about people in her church and she'll be like, I don't remember them. I'm like, how can you not remember them? Anyway, back to my story. Um, so we would go on, I think it was a Saturday, and we would work with um, soldiers that were um, in boot camp training. And they would kind of come in on a Saturday and we would feed them and then we would have kind of a worship service. The thing that I will always remember, um, and I see this over and over and over again, um, not just in this um, ministry that we did there in Louisville, um, but I see this over and over just in our, our military. They are some of the most hungry for God people I've ever met. Uh, it, it, was, it was just so encouraging when we would be there on, on Saturdays and we would be there to, to pray um, and to minister. They were just so wide open um, for the gospel. And, and it was just such a privilege to be able to be there and to minister uh, to these men and, and women. And so I, I just know that uh, a lot of the people that serve in our military, uh, they really are people, um, you know, they can be a little crusty if you, you know, you've been around them. But again, man, you, you get past some of that, that crust, that hardness there, and inside you'll just find people that really do have an open heart uh, and a love and a desire for God. And um, I know that there are people, um, you know, that are over there in, in, in Afghanistan, soldiers and just, you know, uh, regular folks right now, uh, th there is just such an openness to God. They're crying out to God in ways they never have before. And so, man, we just, we just want to be praying uh, for them that God's will be done, that God would just move 
move in miraculous ways. I believe that he has, uh, and he will continue to do that. And so we want to just release that uh, over Afghanistan, and we want to just release comfort and healing and peace um, over the families that are being just affected uh, through, uh, through the death of not just soldiers, but we know that there are, are other civilians, people there um, that, that are um, suffering and, and have lost their lives as well. So also, um, just a, a potluck following church this morning, so that we're happy about that, our fifth Sunday potluck. So uh, yeah, um, so I, I promise to be done on time uh, because I don't want to be blamed for burnt uh, dishes or uh, whatever would happen if we go too long. So I promise I'm going to end on uh, time today. If I don't, just leave and I'll follow. <laughs> Um, and, and also, if you didn't bring anything this morning or you forgot, I mean, it's okay. There is plenty of uh, food down there. There's probably going to be, you know, way more uh, than enough. Um, we would just ask that you just go to the back of the line. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> No, so there's plenty. So we, we just want everybody to feel welcome uh, just to stay, uh, to be a part of the uh, fellowship. Um, and so uh, look forward to having you kind of come down. Also, I'm just really happy uh, this morning, my friend Dave uh, Toyn uh, is here. Uh, Dave is retired pastor uh, from Agape in Clear Lake. And uh, he uh, texted me, wanted to know what time our services were. And he and his son are here. Why don't you guys stand up so they can recognize and see you. Dave has been a godsend, and I'm so glad to finally have Bruce and Dave in the same room, because I've been trying to get these guys to meet each other. These have probably been like two of the most influential men in my life these last couple of years, and so um, it's just great to have Dave here. Like I said, he's retired uh, down in uh, Arizona now, so he's up here during the summer and uh, fall months and uh, is an avid hunter uh, like me, and so it's always fun to go into his office. And do you, What did you do with all the deer heads? <laughs> Chris wouldn't let you put him in the. <laughs> smart woman, smart woman. Good. So hey, we're we're so glad to have you here this morning. He he came in today and uh, told me that he uh, uh, had a critique sheet uh, for this morning. So I told him I had a few suggestions of what he could do with uh, his critique sheet and. So it's, it's good to have him here. Also, uh, two Sundays uh, from now, two weeks from today, we're gonna do baptisms. Uh, so I know some of you have signed up to do baptisms. There is a, a sheet out there that you can still sign up. Uh, there's also a, kind of a sheet there that kind of gives some um, instructions on if you're wanting to be baptized, just to kind of prepare yourself, what you need to do, what you need to bring so that you're kind of prepared um, that morning. So two weeks from today, we'll be doing uh, baptisms. Uh, the one final thing I want to just really talk about is our fall discipleship groups were uh, going to kind of be wrapping up the sign up for that um, today, and I kind of I'm going to I'm going to kind of segue into why I think this is um, so important. Again, strategic discipleship. We're, we're we started last year with phase one, which is basically kind of the first 13 weeks. It's just a basic introduction to the Christian faith. Who is God? Who is Jesus? Who's the Holy Spirit? What is the Bible? It's just again a very very basic, simple introduction to the Christian faith. The last 13 weeks is on the life and ministry of Jesus. That's phase one, uh, year one. Year two, we get into the uh, uh, spiritual disciplines, um, and uh, so we're going to be offering 
Um, that and then the second half of phase two is spiritual identity, who you are um, in Christ. So uh, we've got those signups available. Um, as a matter of fact, phase two is kind of full right now, so I don't know that we'll be taking any more signups for that, but phase one is wide open. And I want to talk about, uh, again, the importance of this. Ran across an article um, this week, and I want to kind of just read um, what, I, what this article was talking about. And can you go to that next slide? I, I kind of just switched everything up last minute again. And so I just threw a bunch of slides at um, Lori this morning and just said, man, good luck. Um, so so this, is, this was the, the study that I found. And again, I, what, I, what I want this to do again is to really kind of under-emphasize is just to really... Um, um, underline the importance of discipleship, particularly the, the, the importance of just having a good, solid foundation. You know, Callie talked this morning again just about that, uh, that, that cornerstone, you know, the, the, the brick. Again, it, it's, just, it's having that sure, that solid, that firm foundation upon which we build our faith um, on. And so here's what, here's what we find. <clears throat> A new study has found that over 60% of born-again Christians in America between the ages of 18 and 39 believe that Jesus isn't the only way to heaven and that Buddha and Muhammad also are valid paths to salvation. Now, this is not a new argument. I hear this argument all the time. I've heard this argument pretty much throughout even uh, pastoring in uh, the United Methodist Church. Um, the, the, we, I, was, I felt like I was constantly running into this kind of thinking um, in the church, not outside the church, in the church, I was running into this kind of thinking. As a matter of fact, not too long ago, there was a, a lady here, and we, we have been collecting uh, for the Operation Shoeboxes, the shoeboxes that we would send over as part of um, the, the Samaritan um, uh, purse through Franklin Graham's uh, ministry. And so we had been collecting items, and then in those boxes, we had placed some material that was teaching the children about who Jesus is, how to have a relationship with Jesus, you know, the, uh, a, a, a prayer that they could pray to establish that relationship with Jesus. And this gal had approached me and she said, you know, I really love the idea that we do the shoe boxes in church. And she said, but I gotta tell you, there's just something that really bothers me about this. And I said, well, what is that? And she said, well, it's the material in there um, that teaches that Jesus is the only way to heaven. I said, well, he is. And she just got indignant with me. And she started to just get very, very um, angry. And she just, you know, started just spouting, you know, all of this stuff. None of it was biblical. And so, you know, I, I kind of listened and then I, you know, kind of came back with, you know, some scriptures uh, that I had given her, you know, where Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, John 14, 6. There's no other name under, self, under heaven by which man can be saved than the name of Jesus, Acts 4, 12. And so I just started giving her and, and her, her counter to me was, well, I took a comparative religion class in college. Like somehow that trumped God. God's word, you know? And so anyway, long story short was uh, she left and never came back. 
because she believed Jesus was not the only way to salvation. She believed there were other valid paths to Jesus. So this, this is not new. It's been around uh, for uh, ages. Uh, the disciples, uh, uh, we're gonna look at that here just really quickly. They faced that um, throughout their ministry, teaching and preaching in the name of Jesus. Um, and, and again, it, it was the name of Jesus. They could come in and teach under any other um, you know, God or deity or power, but it was the name of Jesus that got them in trouble because they believed that was the only name that could heal, that could save, that could deliver, that could uh, bring peace. I mean, and so they were, they were constantly facing that opposition. But again, to see that growing um, in the church again, tells me uh, that we've got to continue to be vigilant as a church at teaching um, the basics, at teaching the word, and never, ever um, just um, getting away from that. Um, and so it goes on to say, there the study also found that for those in that age group, over, over 30% say they either believe Jesus um, sinned like other people. And, and this is my thought here. I'm thinking, what are the ramifications of that? If we believe that, what are the ramifications of that? And kind of what I go on there to say, sinners can't atone for the sins of other sinners. That, that, that would mean that I and you who, who have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, we're just as qualified to be an atonement for sin as Jesus were if Jesus were also a sinner. It, it's, it's that he was sinless is what qualifies him to be able to take on to atone for the sins of other people, okay? The only one who can atone for sins is someone without sin. God uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made him who knew no sin to become sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's, that's scripture. And, and again, we're talking about, you know, we've been in the, this series on the fruit of the spirits. We're talking about faithfulness. We've got to be faithful to the word of God. And so again, um, this is all part of what I think uh, is happening in, in the churches is we're, we're, we're not being faithful to the, the, the teaching um, of scripture. It goes on to say there, the study which interviewed 3,100 Americans ages 15 to 55 in 2020 saw a drop in basic biblical worldview and they said this was God's attributes, which we've been looking at in the, in the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, um, and, and self-control. So we've been really, those are attributes of God. And, and so again, you've got people out there that are questioning or doubting attributes um, of God. The accuracy of the Bible, salvation, and Jesus being sinless. They said it went from 47% in 2010 to 25% in 2020 among born-again Christians. Now, I'm, I'm just gonna kind of throw this out. I'm not sure you can be born again and, and not believe certain things. And, and what I base that on is, is, is Romans 10, 9. Confess with your mouth, what? Jesus. 
Not Jesus, Buddha, Muhammad, Confucius. It, it doesn't just leave a wide open blank. Confess with your mouth, Jesus as Lord. And believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead. You'll be saved. Now, I don't know how you can be born again, be saved, if you don't confess Jesus and Jesus alone as Lord. So I call some of that into question there when, when they're designating these people as born again Christians. The drop in the expanded biblical worldview, beliefs about Satan and moral absolutes, went from 32% in 2010 to 16% in 2020, again, among born again Christians. Again, the, the church is failing. We are failing to disciple people in the word of God, particularly in the basics. That's again, why we start with strategic discipleship. And I've said, you know, um, to all of you, that's why we have everybody start in phase one. Even if you think you already know all of this, it's just a good thing to be reminded. It's just a good thing to just cover again um, it, because it, it really becomes an opportunity for you to, again, just reestablish, just firm up that foundation in what you believe. But it's not just in what you believe, but we also wanna just encourage you to begin to find ways to share that with others. So we wanna be disciples who are out making disciples. So again, it's important sometimes to understand what would people who maybe don't have faith in Christ, what would they need to know? Well, they need to know who God is. They need to know who Jesus is. They need to know who the Holy Spirit is. They need to understand the role of the Bible, the accuracy of the Bible. You know, 2 Timothy 3.16 says that all scripture is God-breathed. It, it's, it's inspired by God. It's inspired by God to inspire us. And so again, it's just learning and, and growing in that. And, and again, it, it is the breakdown of discipleship. It's the breakdown of teaching that, that's leading us into um, places like this. So this week kind of, I, don't, I just kind of really felt led um, I just kind of went back and I, I just pulled up the Apostles' Creed and the Nicene Creed. I was raised in the Lutheran church and we would say the Apostles' Creed pretty much every Sunday and then occasionally we would interject the Nicene Creed. So I kind of grew up on those. I didn't appreciate them then, I do now. Because for me, again, even though I've, I've said it a million times, it's just, again, it's, it's a compass for me. It, it, it centers me, it gives me direction, it, it reaffirms what I believe in case in any, anywhere I've kind of begun uh, to stray off. Um, it, it, it's why it's so important to have um, these kinds of things. I wanna just, I was really um, just in, in Acts and really felt like this was um, where I wanted to kind of go this morning. So. In, in Acts, you kind of have, uh, in, in Acts chapter two, you have Pentecost, and then you get into uh, Acts uh, chapter three, and uh, you have the healing of the, the man. Peter and John are, are going to the temple at the ninth hour to pray, and, and as they're making their way, they come across a man who had been 
kind of sitting there begging. Um, and scriptures indicated he kind of came out lame from his mother's womb. And later on in Acts, they kind of identify the man as being 40 years old. So you get this idea that this man has been this way for 40 years. And at some point, he kind of just got into this routine, this habit of kind of just being dropped off at the gate. And he would sit there and kind of beg for alms. And so uh, Peter, John, they're on their way and, and, they, and they see um, this man. And again, he's, he's begging for alms and you know Peter kind of gives that great um, that great statement uh, silver and gold have I none but such as I have I give to you and, and then he says in the name of Jesus of Nazareth rise up and walk now again there is there is that name there is power in the name of Jesus and so they, they understood that and they walked in that authority um, and why they were able to do what they did. And, and so this man just gets up um, and he just begins to just leap and he begins to rejoice and he begins to praise God and he's doing this just rather you know, loudly and, and excitedly, so much so that it begins to attract the attention of all of these people who were in that area. Now again, this man has been here probably uh, for the majority of his life. They're used to seeing him sitting there, not moving, begging for money. Now, all of a sudden, this man is up, he's leaping, he's rejoicing, he's praising God, he's creating quite a scene, and all of these people begin to come over, and they recognize something happened. Something miraculous happened here. And I, I wanna, what I want to do is I want to I wanna tether the miraculous, the supernatural, with the foundation, the teaching of God's word. Because what I kind of discovered as I, I read through this is um, as the people kind of gather to see what happens here, what does Peter do? Well, in... Um, Yeah, he preaches. You're right. I'm just, I, was, I was looking. Do you know the exact verse on that? <laughs> I'm giving you a hard time. <laughs> so he begins to, um, to teach, and, and he does this in, he begins to do this in verse 22. And he begins to teach to them on the name of Jesus. And they basically said, you know what? It's not anything about us. It's nothing that we've done. It is by the power and the name of Jesus that this, this uh, man received um, his healing. And so it, it's kind of uh, in verse 11, uh, he just begins and says, while he was clinging to Peter and John, this crippled man who's now walking, all the people ran together to them at the so-called portico of Solomon, full of amazement. When Peter saw this, he replied to the people. And he said, men of Israel, why are you amazed at this? Or why do you gaze at us as if by our own power or piety we had made him walk? And then he says, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, his glorified servant, Jesus. They're very, very clear. Jesus is the one who does this. And then what you'll find here as you go through to the very end, 
of, of chapter three is he's teaching. He's, he is giving people a foundation upon now which to build on. You've seen the miraculous. Now here comes the teaching, the theology, the Christology um, that we, that we want to tether with that. So in chapter four, as, as they're giving this exhortation to the crowd, all of a sudden in chapter four, the religious leaders show up. And they kind of start to assess what is going on here. There's rumors of a man being healed. They're hearing these men who are preaching and teaching in the name of Jesus. Uh, they're giving kind of a, a, a history a lesson there uh, of Israel. And they arrest them. And they put them in jail uh, until the next day. But verse four, uh, chapter four, but many of those who had heard the message believed and the number of men came to be about 5,000. Now again, they heard the message. It's not that, that it's, it wasn't just the miracle alone. Again, there's great power in that. I, please, I'm not, I'm not trying to diminish that. I'm not trying to take away from the miraculous. But what I wanna do is I wanna tether, I wanna join the miraculous with the message. And you're gonna, you're gonna see this throughout chapter four because I'm gonna point it out to you because this is so key. This is where I believe God has taken the church. God wants to do the miraculous but not at the expense of the message. There's a lot of times where there's a lot of miraculous going on and there's not much of a message and it all becomes about the miraculous and, and people start to get lost um, in all of that. So they put him in jail and they place them, they bring him out the next day, put him in the center and they begin to inquire, by what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are on trial today for a benefit done to a sick man as to how this man has been made well, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene whom you crucified. And then again, he just kind of begins to go into um, a teaching. Verse 11, he quotes Psalm 118, verse 22, and what, kind of what Callie alluded to in worship. And he, and he says, Jesus, he is the stone which was rejected by you, the builders, but which became the chief cornerstone. Again, the message is, it, it's Jesus. And, and, he, and he says in verse four, and there is salvation. And we talked about that word salvation. That word salvation, it is the all-inclusive word. And, and that word salvation, it, 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 you'll find it intermixed um, or you'll find it where sometimes it'll say salvation, sometimes it'll say healing, sometimes it'll say deliverance, sometimes it'll say peace. It's all the same word in the Greek. And so what, so what Peter is essentially saying to them, there is no healing, there is no deliverance, there is no peace, there is no salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven that has been given 
among men by which we must be saved. The message, that was the message. Now, now listen to their response. Now, as they observed the confidence, they being the religious leaders, as they observed the confidence of Peter and John and understood that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were amazed and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. Wouldn't that be great? People see you and they, they realize, man, there's, you, you don't have it. I know you. There's, it, it's gotta be something else. It's gotta be someone else. And, and they, they recognize, oh yeah, these men were with Jesus. I love that. And seeing the man who had been healed standing there with them, they had nothing to say in reply. You have the name, you have the message of Jesus coupled with the healing of this man and they were at an absolute loss for words. But when they had ordered them to leave the council, they began to confer with one another. What shall we do with these men? For the fact that a noteworthy miracle has taken place through them is apparent to all who live in Jerusalem and we cannot deny it. But so that it will not spread any further among the people, let us warn them to speak no longer to any man in this name. Whose name? Yeah. Let's cripple that. Let's stop that. And that's, again, that's what's, what's happening here. Jesus, eh? he is a way to heaven. He is a path to salvation, but not the only one. That's, that's kind of, yeah, if, if we can just stop that kind of teaching, if we can just shut up that kind of teaching in the church, we'll be okay. And when they had summoned them, they called them back in. They commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it's right in the sight of God to give heed to you rather than to God, you be the judge. For we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. What did they see? The miraculous. What did they hear? The message. They both go together. It, in my mind, it is not one or the other. It is both and. They have to be together. And, and so as we, as we move further and deeper into maturity as a church, we will always want to couple the miraculous, the signs, the wonders, the miracles, the thing that God is doing. We always want to couple that. We always want to, to bind that together with the message, the word. Um, and, and that's what Peter and John are, are doing there. When they had threatened them further, they let them go, finding no basis on which to punish them on account of the people because they were all glorifying God for what happened. For the man was more than 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. When they had been released, they went to their own companions and reported all the chief priests and elders had said to them. And when they heard this, they lifted their voices to God with one accord and said, O oh Lord, it is you who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. Um, who by the Holy Spirit, through the mouth of our father David, your servant said, and then they're quoting, they, they quote Psalm 2. Now, what are, what are they doing? They're bringing a message, are they not? You've seen the miraculous, 
now hear the message. And, 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 and they, they preach. Um, and they kind of go through that. Um, and in verse 29, uh, and I'm going to kind of end with this. And now, Lord, take note of their threats, referring back to the religious leaders, and grant that your bondservants may speak your word with all confidence. That's the message. Okay? That is what we believe. That is theology. That is Christology. It's, it, it's teaching. It's, it's the message. That we may speak your word, the message, with all confidence while, in addition to, at the same time, you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. I saw, I saw that this morning and I, I said, it'll preach. It'll preach. That's why I didn't have any slides. I just kind of felt like God said, this is where I want you to go this morning. Don't abandon, we're never ever gonna abandon the word of God in this place. Changing lives through the unchanging word. It's our motto. It's what we built the church on. It's what we want to continue uh, to be faithful in. And, and that is, that, that's that faithfulness to God's word. And, and that is uh, a fruit of the spirit. We want to be faithful to God's word because God is faithful to his word. So as he is, we also desire to be. As God is faithful, we want to be faithful as well. And again, we want to be faithful. I want to see wonders. I want to see healings. I want to see deliverance. I want to see people set free. I want to, I want to see it all. But I also want to be able to continue to be a church that is very, very committed to making sure that the message of the name of Jesus never changes. It's never watered down. We will not apologize. Paul said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation. There again is that, that all-inclusive word. It is the power of God unto healing. It is the power of God unto deliverance. It is the power of God unto peace. We will not be ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ because we believe that in that there is great, uh, there's a, there are great words, there's great messages, there's things that need to be built. So I just want to just encourage you. I, I said all of that really to kind of say this. If, if you would just prayerfully consider being a part of this phase one, of just getting in there. Um, and we've got uh, Bruce and Mara uh, did phase one uh, last year. They're gonna be leading phase two this year. That really is our goal, is to begin to raise up, to begin to equip people, to begin to take this, and to begin uh, to teach this um, within the church. So if you've not signed up uh, for this, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be leading uh, phase one. Um, so we'll be doing again the first 13 weeks on the basics. Um, and again, I'll help you to, to try to again understand because I know sometimes you get out there and you get into conversations with people where things like this are said. Well, I don't believe Jesus is the only way to salvation. I believe that Jesus sinned. I don't believe Jesus was born of a virgin. Well, I want you to understand all of that comes with, um, th there's consequences. To, to all of that if none of that's true. 
Um, and so again, it helps you to kind of begin to grow and to begin to get a grasp uh, in, in also what you believe, but also I think just to be able to uh, share that with others as well. Amen. Amen. So if, if you're interested in signing up, um, Janie will be outside um, um, and she'll get you kind of uh, signed up for that. And uh, again, we'd love to just be able to uh, have a full class um, going through that um, again this year. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray, uh, uh, and then we're just also going to just pray for the meal so that when you go down, you can just kind of go through the line and begin it again. We hope everybody will stay. Even if you, you, know, you didn't bring something you forgot or this is the first you heard of it, we're, we would just love to have you uh, come, get to know you. So everyone here this morning, you are encouraged and you are welcome to stay. Father, we thank you for the name of Jesus. We thank you for the power of that name. And Father, we will never shrink back. We will never be ashamed. And Father, we thank you that with that name comes great power. The power to heal. The power to deliver. The power to save. The power to take people from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And Father, we just thank you for that name and the power of Jesus. Father, we release the name. We release the power of Jesus in this place, over this city, over this county, over this state. Father, we release the name and the power of Jesus over the Bible reading marathon this week. Father, we pray that as people come, even as people pass by, Father, that there would just be a presence. There would be an anointing that would, again, just break whatever bondages need to be broke there in people. So, Father, we just ask, Lord, that the name and the power of Jesus be released through that Bible reading time. Father, I pray the name and the power of Jesus to be released over Afghanistan. I thank you, Father, that you are not in heaven wringing your hands, God. You're not in heaven wondering and, and worried about what to do, that, God, you have a plan. And, God, your plan is to overcome evil by good. Father, I pray that you will be with every man, woman, and child there especially those who are calling upon the name of the Lord. Father, I pray that you would give them confidence and peace, that in their crying out, God, you hear them, that they matter to you, and that they know that in their heart of hearts, regardless of the circumstances around them, regardless of what may happen, Father, that there would just be a confidence and a peace, that they would know that they are in the palm of your hand. You have not forgotten them, and you will not abandon, you will not forsake them, even if it should be through death, that they would feel that they would know your power and your presence. Father, I pray that the name and the power of Jesus would be released over families who are grieving lo lost loved ones. We thank you that that salvation that Jesus came to bring includes our peace. It includes comfort. 
And Father, I pray that you would just give comfort and peace to those families. And Father, we just pray a hedge of protection around every individual in our military, around every civilian, whether they be American, British, whatever, Father. We just pray a hedge of protection around every individual there, every man, woman, and child. And Father, for those that don't know you, Father, I just pray, Lord, that you would again just begin to um, just reveal the name, the power, the presence of Jesus. That, Lord, you would bring them to a place, Father, where they would confess him as Lord and that they would believe in their hearts that you raised him from the dead. And God, in that, they would find salvation and freedom. Father, we just thank you, Lord, that you are at work in the midst of all that's going on there just as you are in the midst of all that's happening here, Father. We just thank you for that promise that you can take all things and work them together for good. We stand on that and we proclaim that in Jesus' name we pray. And Father, as we gather together downstairs, Father, again, we just thank you for the food that's been provided Bless the hands that have prepared it, our bodies as we receive it. And Father, we just pray, Lord, that you'll just, again, strengthen the ties that bind us. That as we gather together as, as a family, as a body of Christ this morning, brothers and sisters, that, Father, you would bless our fellowship. In Christ's name we pray, amen. God bless, and we'll see you downstairs. You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org.